There's been a uh, TV series uh, show on the last few weeks on CNN called Finding Jesus, Faith, Fact, Forgery. Now, I have to say up front that I haven't seen any of the shows. I've only read descriptions of what they're talking about. They're trying to emphasize how they're using modern technology, looking at some relics that seem to be connected with Jesus in order to try to learn more about Jesus, find out more about him. So they've been looking at things like the Shroud of Turin, that supposed burial cloth that Jesus was wrapped in, to learn more about what Jesus might have looked like and maybe his DNA. Uh, they're also looking at uh, a relic that's supposed to be the bones of John the Baptist uh, to see what they can learn about him from those bones. Also, they're looking at some bones that were in a sarcophagus that had the inscription that said, James, the half-brother of Jesus, and wondering if, if maybe this didn't come from a family burial plot and Jesus had been buried there. And they're looking at uh, some pieces of wood that uh, are said to uh, be uh, actual pieces from Jesus' cross, although one scholar said there are so many pieces of wood out there that claim to be from Jesus' cross that we have enough to build a whole ship. <laughs> and they're looking at some ancient manuscripts that were entitled The Gospel of Mary Magdalene and The Gospel of Judas, trying to learn more about uh, those two people and, and what they believed and, and knew about Jesus. So we're trying to answer a lot of questions about Jesus, trying to find out who he is. In fact, the, the statement made about the program is, can today's technology prove the authenticity of these relics? And what can they reveal about the story of Jesus? People are searching. People want to find out more about Jesus. Well, we're going to do that, too, as we continue our series of messages entitled Cross Purposes. Today we want to do some cross-examination. We're going to take a look at that cross, and what was it about, and is that cross in our life as well? That people have been asking this question about Jesus isn't really new. People want to find out about Jesus. And when you, when you think about it, what they're really looking for is they want something in Jesus. They want to see something that satisfies their needs. And that's not really new because that was happening already in Jesus' day. In Jesus' day, people were trying to find out about him. Who is he? And what's he doing? And what will it mean for me? Well, we can ask, answer the question, what do you want in Jesus, with this statement. What you see is what you get. Because when you look at Jesus, you will see exactly what he is for you. For example, in Jesus' ministry, in Jesus' day, people were coming to him for their physical needs. They were looking for somebody to provide them for what they needed. An example of, of that was that day that, that Jesus said over 5,000 people with that miraculous lunch. They were so amazed and so impressed that Jesus so quickly and easily met their need that they kept following him and wanted to make him, the Bible says, their bread king. Somebody who was going to provide for all of their needs and 
I might say in a rather easy way, they didn't have to do anything but just be there and get it. Even Jesus' own disciples after his resurrection were looking for Jesus to kind of be the provider. They had asked him, so now, Lord, are you going to set up your kingdom? They were looking for him to set up a powerful kingdom that would rule over everything and, and take care of all of their needs. They were looking for a provider. When our needs are apparent to us, and especially when our needs go unmet, then we have this habit of looking to God to get those needs met. It's like the psalmist said, the eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. But it's not just when we are in need that we look to God. The truth is that we are always looking or dependent on God. Even when we think, hey, my life's okay, I got it all under control and I'm providing for everything, we still need God. Because God is the one who provides everything that we have. And so just looking to God when we have that need isn't really accurate. Because God is constantly there. He knows exactly what we need before we need it. He answers our prayers before we even ask them. And Jesus clearly demonstrated his care for people in his ministry. So let me ask the question, do you have a particular need? What is it that you're looking to God for to take care of? He is your provider. You will get what you see in him. One who cares for your needs and is there to supply it. But people are, sometimes are also looking to Jesus for other things than just providing for that daily need. Sometimes people are looking for a healer. In Jesus' day, they kept bringing their sick and their lame and their blind to Jesus so that he could touch them and heal them. And Jesus did. With simply touching the people, he could heal them. Sometimes he didn't even have to touch them. He would just simply say the word and they were healed. Sometimes he even spoke that word without being present and people were healed. It reminds us what it says about Jesus and his word in Hebrews chapter 1. The Son of God is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. God is our healer. In the Psalms it tells us that he will heal us from all of our diseases. We have seen God's healing work here among members at Apostles. People sometimes who were in tough, difficult health situations and they were healed. Now, maybe we would ascribe it to the medicine or the treatment we were receiving, but God was using that. And sometimes God did it without that stuff too. You see, God doesn't need medicine. He doesn't need a, a medical plan that he has to follow to bring healing. Sometimes it comes as amazement to us or amazement to the doctors. But even without our being amazed, God is at work to bring healing. So do you have a need for healing? For some health? For some strength? Go to God with what your need is. Approach him with confidence, knowing that he can 
and according to his will, will bless you. Now there's another thing that sometimes people are looking for in Jesus, and that is they want a teacher. Somebody who can guide them, somebody who can show them about life and give meaning and, and assurance to them. In Jesus' day, the people were amazed at how he was a teacher. It says it's because he was one who taught them with authority. That is, he wasn't like the, their teachers of the law who simply imposed things on them and said, now you need to be more dedicated to God. You need to show more devotion. You need to follow these rules. That just laid a burden of guilt on the people. No, Jesus' teaching was different. He talked about the unconditional un, un, uh, love of God and the forgiveness of God. The Apostle John said, he was full of grace and truth. One day, Jesus had said to his uh, disciples, the Spirit gives life. The flesh, that is what you do, counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. And then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Do you need a word of encouragement? Do you need some guidance? Do you need some reassurance for your life? Just listen to Jesus. He is your teacher. His words have life because he is God's prophet. He is the word. His words are truth. But when you look at it then, having Jesus as the provider and the healer and the teacher, why is it that people are still looking and trying to figure out Jesus? Maybe it's because they haven't examined more closely who Jesus is. Maybe they haven't really listened to what he's been saying. And maybe if they have, they don't like what they've heard. They're looking for a different answer. They want something else from him. You know, a minute ago I just shared with you those beautiful words of Peter, who said, Lord, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we're saying, yeah, Peter, just listen to Jesus, believe in him. But Peter didn't always do that, despite what he said. Let's take a look at this dialogue between Jesus and Peter that displays for us some cross-examination. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Wow, th th those clear words of Jesus must have really shocked Peter and the others. Now it was quite evident Jesus was telling them he was going to go and suffer and die and rise. And they were shocked by that. 
Peter didn't want to hear that. Peter didn't want to see that happen. You see the cross-examination here? He wanted Jesus to continue as, as that provider, as that great healer, as a teacher. Not as one who was going to die and end it all. And so it brings to mind a question for us. What you see is what you get. Jesus is our provider, our healer, our teacher, but are you looking for more? And really, don't you need more? We do. We have so much more in Jesus. That's what the cross is all about. The Apostle Paul puts it in a wonderful perspective for us when he talks about Jesus and the necessity of his suffering and death. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he says, It's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Paul is telling us Jesus is so much more than just one who's going to meet your daily needs and, and one who will heal you from your diseases and one who will guide you and comfort you. He says he is your righteousness. You see, we need to be righteous in order to be in heaven, in order to be before God. Righteousness is referring to our obedience. Our obedience to all of the commandments that God has given to his urging to serve one another and to love one another. If we look at those commandments and that urgings of God, we're going to see that we have failed. <laughs> Starting with our own desires and our thoughts and then, and then going to our actions and our words, we have failed. Oh, don't get me wrong, there are times when we've done good. We've done the right things right along with it, there's also been sin. But you look at Jesus, who came to live under those same laws that you and I have to live under. He did it perfectly. He obeyed every single commandment. He served others. He loved others. He was faithful in everything that he did. In every aspect of life where we have failed, he was perfect. And God gives that perfection to us through our faith in him. Jesus is so much more. He is our righteousness. But understand now, those, those sins that we have committed have also separated us from God, have put us under his judgment, and for that we don't deserve any blessings from God. But Paul reminds us that Jesus is also our redemption. He has redeemed us. He bought us back from sin and from death, from that curse. How did he do that? by giving up his life in our place. The Apostle Paul said it this way, In Jesus we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Everything that we aren't able to do and that nobody else is able to do for us, Jesus has done. And those things that we have failed to do, Jesus paid the price for them, and we are forgiven. So you see, not only do we have one who is a provider and a healer 
and a teacher. We have so much more. We have one who is a savior. So what are you looking for in Jesus? What is it you want? And do you have it? Do you need some provision of daily things? Do you need some healing? You need some reassurance, some guidance in life? You have all of that. The reason being, it's because of the cross. It's the cross that connects us to God and those blessings. It's the cross that has brought us to God and God to us. And so, so much more is there in Jesus as our Savior. That's cross-examination. Understanding that role of the cross, the purpose of the cross. So examine now your heart and your life. Do you see that purpose of the cross in there? Is the cross there to bring you to God? After Peter made that wonderful statement about who else can we go to? You have the words of eternal life. He went on to say this. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. You see, there's more to just knowing what you want from Jesus and what the purpose of the cross is. Now it's also knowing or asking the question, what are you going to do with Jesus? And Peter answered that. Believe. Trust. That's what Jesus' rebuke to Peter was all about. When he said, get behind me, Satan. You have in mind the concerns of the world not the concerns of God. He was telling him to get rid of all those other worldly concerns and see the purpose of the cross to accept that, to trust that as the most important thing. God made the promise to us to call upon him in the day of trouble and that he would hear us and deliver us. We don't need to know about the DNA that's in the Shroud of Turin. We don't need to know about those bones. We don't need to know if that's an actual piece of the cross. You know, I think it takes more faith to believe in those things than it does simply to believe in the clear work and words of Jesus. And that's a gift from God. Simply trusting what Jesus has said and what Jesus has done displayed for us purposefully in the cross. Now God also said, when you call upon me and I deliver you, you will honor me. So another thing we, we should do with Jesus then in our heart is, is to thank him. To thank him for being that provider and that healer and that teacher and that savior. In the Lord's Prayer we, we pray, and give us this day our daily bread. God bless me with all those little things that I need throughout the day. And he does. Oftentimes we're very quick to thank God when we have been saved from something terrible or when we have been given something big and we acknowledge that, wow, this is a blessing from God. But what about all those little things that we get all throughout the day? Let's remember to thank him for those too. And as we have asked him to forgive us and know that he does, let us thank him for that forgiveness and salvation. That's having the cross in your heart.
And one more thing. Tell about him. Tell about him. Peter tried to stop Jesus from going to the cross, but he couldn't. Jesus said, this must happen. This is necessary. And it did happen. Peter saw it. He saw Jesus suffer and die. And he saw him rise again from the dead. That changed Peter's life. Now his life was devoted to telling others about their Lord and their Savior. How has the cross of Jesus impacted your life? Has it changed it? What effect has the cross had on you? You know, the, the cross is a very prominent symbol of our faith, isn't it? We very unashamedly portray it because that's our message. That's our salvation. But the cross isn't just something that's to be there in church. It's to be there throughout our life, in our worship, in our conversation, in our conduct. Tell about the cross. Finding Jesus. People are searching. People want to know. They want something from Jesus. Will they find it? I don't know if TV shows like that have an effect on people and their faith or not. But I know this, that all we need to know about Jesus is there in his works and in his words. Embrace his cross and see how God changes your life. Amen.